1: If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you just keep on walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? This is exactly why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? So if by the second half, it looks like your team is going to lose, you can just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or girl who likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the college football season is the best time of year. So join my bookie and they will double your first deposit. Use the promo code blue wire to activate that offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, thank you for joining us on the Rotoviz College Football Podcast. I am your host, Dave Honnico, joined today by Matt. How are you doing, my man? I am great. I'm ready to talk some college football. I, I'm almost ready. I need... I was wondering, is it too early to do a victory lap? Like, I mean, no. We were we were talking about how excited we were about the wide receiver class this year, and I felt like everyone was poo-pooing it, except for us. We were so excited, and they are balling out so far. I know it's only been two weeks in the NFL, but my God, it's been fun. It's been so much fun. What's funny is I think it actually
2: played into the way that I saw this draft. Is I didn't think it had the superstars I thought that it was kind of very depth strong and sure I mean you're not getting like it's not Hakeem Butler who we initially thought it's not uh Nikhil Harry Metcalf's doing a little bit but even he's not like the one running away with it oh but it's, buddy
1: it's, I'm so I know I'm so excited about DK right now he's looked so uh, good like yeah I know what you're saying though he hasn't been putting up these he's not been Marquise Brown <laughs> yeah but it's been it's been like a
2: Kind of production from a, a bunch of different players and even guys like late round pick or later round picks like Keyshawn Johnson, who when he first uh, uh, was like starting to get projected, he looked like he was going to be a late pick. It's all these types of guys are the ones who are producing. It's been a lot of fun and I'm super excited with how that's been going.
1: Yeah. So uh, I don't know how the right way to ask this, but which has been your favorite one, maybe not from like just a pure stats and production level, but just maybe someone that you were hoping would break out and has, or, or maybe, uh, kind of an under the radar play that you were high on that maybe no one else was, but what's been your favorite kind of hit so far this year with the rookie wide receivers? I mean, the minute that he, uh,
2: like was drafted, I wrote up an article saying that Marquise Brown was like the guy I was targeting in a lot of spots. And I I got a lot of pushback because everyone was like, oh, well, Baltimore's not even going to throw the ball. They run the ball more than anyone. Oh, wait, maybe Marquise Brown was the perfect wide receiver to pair with Lamar Jackson because he's got a good deep ball and Marquise Brown can run away from anyone. So it, it's it's dumb to say, uh, not dumb, but it's, it's weird to say that my favorite is the guy that went really early, but I'm really enjoying how much fun Marquise Brown is.
1: Yeah, well, I'll be honest. With you. I have zero shares of Marquise Brown. I was thinking about this today on my walk to pick up my kids from school today. And I was like, man, I have zero shares of Marquise Brown. And I'm in like close to a dozen leagues, you know. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why is exactly what you were saying. I was nervous about Lamar Jackson's throwing ability. But man, it just was it was kind of a stupid process on my end. Like if they're the type of team as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I should have known better is what I'm trying to say. Like not that Lamar is Russell, but this idea of running the football and then setting up the deep play action pass, like that plays so much into Marquise Brown's game. Like I should have been more willing to accept that and and not, not necessarily going after him in every league, but I should have gotten at least one or two shares. Uh, The guy I'm most excited about is, you know, as a Seahawks fan, is DK Metcalf has looked good. He, he seems, the Seahawks seem to be putting him in a position to really excel where they're kind of playing off his, his uh his vertical speed, where he's not, but not just doing go routes, but you know the the comeback routes, the uh, the curls, and, and and that kind of stuff. So they've really been utilizing his speed, and it's been super fun. i I've just been loving it. The one that's kind of bummed me out the most is uh, Terry McLaurin, just because I was hoping Kelvin Harmon would be a thing, and and that's not taking that's not taking hey, that's not taking hey, shape at all. Where
2: Terry where <laughs> where Terry McLaurin go? Um, the the, the Ohio
1: State I'm not the sure trademark. trademarks.
2: <laughs> Trademark got rejected, so we're all we're still allowed to throw out the all the time. So okay. I, I mean, he's another one of those guys that I I mean he kinda came out of nowhere and ran a four three and everyone was like, Oh, yeah, that's fast. We should probably throw him the ball. And I mean, I I thought he was gonna be a guy that would break out once Haskins like first came in, but maybe he's just a better wide receiver than he was at um Ohio State needs, it's, it's kind of funny because he, oh, it's he's kind of one of the proof of concepts now that like Jordan and I have been kind of talking about a lot as there's some of these teams are now forcing us to reevaluate our market share thresholds. And maybe it's just the super depth of talent and Ohio State is kind of proving to be one of those spots.
1: No, absolutely. I think that's that's spot on. I I think we're going to have to, I, and I don't think it diminishes what the, what the dominator rating can can be for some players, but I do think you need to to realize that it's just part of the story. And yeah, I think there's gonna be, you know, we've talked about Bama last week, but even Clemson's another team that, you know, we're gonna have to look at differently with with their multitude of great receivers. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Uh we're gonna get into some Debbie discussion here. We're gonna look at Matt's most recent article up on Rotoviz. Uh, and then, after that we're gonna do some some of our review of last week's games, and then, of course, we'll finish out the podcast with our locks for the upcoming week as well as just a, a general preview of some of the games we're most excited about. So you will be you are in for a treat is what I'm trying to tell you. We do miss you, Jordan. We wish you were here with us, but we will not be um held back mm-hmm. by your absence. We will continue on um, in greatness, and we will put forth a good product for the for the loyal listener <laughs> um, uh what you drinking today?
2: Matt? Uh, I'm a, I'm going Cincinnati-based to get or like I do pretty regularly. I got Rheingeist Truth. It's just a standard IPA.
1: Nice. Uh, I'm prepared to be made fun of. I am drinking a truly hard seltzer with a hint of lime. And I got to tell you, it's delicious. <laughs> it is delicious. I, I looked
2: at a White Claw. <laughs> I looked at a White Claw that was in my basement, and I was like, ah, do I want one? No, I'll pass.
1: <laughs> was it because you knew I'd ask you what you were drinking? <laughs>
2: It's at least five percent because I was like, I don't want to say white claw.
1: Well, five percent is the the alcohol volume in my hard seltzer, so you know it's a good number. Uh, no, these are delicious. The lime ones. I, I'm not a huge hard seltzer guy, but you know, I'm I'm going to Hawaii in a couple months, and I you know I don't want to be pounding beers all the time. So you know, these seltzers are, are kind of nice, and uh, the lime one especially is truly truly delicious. Uh, so uh, shout out. They are not a sponsor, but perhaps they should be. Truly. Um, I'm, if you're listening, get at it. You us. know, c- come c- come at us with your with your goodness. Uh, speaking of goodness, UCF Stanford, my God, uh, I I don't think we were surprised by the fact that UCF was almost knocked it up. Right, right, absolutely, he did. But the manner in which it took place was pretty breathtaking. Uh, so much so that you dedicated your uh, group of five Debbie round r- rundown. Uh, to the UCF team. And I'd love to hear you just kind of go through some of the, the skill position players here. Tell us what you think. Gabriel Davis looked absolutely filthy on a couple of his routes. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, specifically on him to start with, and then uh, just kind of talking about some of the other players. So take us away, Matt. Uh, let's hear about Gabriel Davis to, to start with. So Gabriel Davis is a really intriguing
2: prospect. He's he's young, He's young. the younger of the two kind of like standout wide receivers. Um, he led the team in market share last year and he's currently got a 23.7% share of the team's yards this season, um, was only a three-star prospect, but I kind of don't care at this point when you're three years out. Um, I think he actually could be on pace for a, a 0.3 dominator rating, which would be making him a little interesting. Um, it's kind of funny though, because like I was saying with like, uh, McLaurin and how we some have had to reevaluate some of the uh, thresholds that we're requiring. I kind of don't care if he hits it. If he continues playing like he is right now, I want shares of Gabriel Davis. I think he's a, a really good player, and if nothing else, UCF has produced good wide receivers. And so I'm kind of all in on him. I actually am more intrigued by Trey Nixon, and it's partially because. He was part of one of the best wide receiver recruiting classes that I can ever recall Um, in his... At Ole Miss, right? He went to Ole Miss during the same season as A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, Yeah, and then he eventually transferred out. And it was like, when you look at his numbers, it's not super impressive because he didn't get on the field. But then you look who his teammates were at Ole Miss, and you're just like, I mean, good luck breaking into that top (laughs) three. Transfers out, and now looks to be at least one of the, like he may have a higher upside than uh, Davis. He was a top 200 overall prospect. He was a four-star prospect. I think he was a top 40 wide receiver during his class. He was really, really good. And then against a good uh, I'm not going to say good Stanford team against a Stanford team um, on a big stage when I think there were a lot of eyes on this UCF team. And this is, like, this might be one of their Super Bowl games. He came out 88 yards and a touchdown, and he's got 149 yards and two through the first two games. So I'm really intrigued by him. And then from a Debbie perspective, the guy that I'm just going to keep taking notes down for for my next year's Debbie draft is Dylan Gabriel. Really? True freshman. Really was not like not a super-duper high um, pedigree player. But the fact that he is now, it looks like he's beaten out Wimbush. It looks like Wimbush is now on the sidelines. If he remains the starter all year, um, I'm kind of all in. 73% completion percentage, 347 yards, and four touchdowns against Stanford. He was the pro football, he was on the pro football focus team of the week, and right now he's averaging 14.5 adjusted yards per attempt, he he's just really like really good. I, he's if your Debbie draft is already passed, likely he's probably not owned. Um, but keep that note down because he's a guy that probably because not a high pedigree guy, there's not a lot of hype about him yet to be a pro. He's just a nice stash option that you can get late. I'm really intrigued by him. I think that he's going to grow over the next couple of years and Josh hype has been very good for UCF, uh, in his two years there. And I'm interested to see what he can do developing him.
1: Yeah. I mean, a couple things. One, we know that UCF has a great track record of, of bringing, bringing quarterbacks into the NFL. I mean, Blake Bortles is a, is a God among mortals, as we all know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's- uh, that, that sounds right. Doesn't it? Uh, no, but I, I will say, uh, he has a nice deep ball. Um, I, I was really impressed and and I don't know if Stanford's secondary is, is just terrible. Um, I know they have at least some, some decent players in, in, in the, uh, in the secondary. I mean, um, his name is slipping me uh, right now. Paulson Adebo. Sorry. Like he, he's, he's, he's a good corner, a good DB uh, yet. Gabriel was able to, um, excuse me, not yeah. Dylan Gabriel was able, able, was really able to to find Davis on some nice deep balls. It's interesting. It's It certainly is intriguing. He, he looked small to me. I don't know if that matters. I guess he is young. Maybe he'll, he'll grow still a little bit. Uh The, the size and coming from a small school, do you think that could hurt him uh, in the draft process? Or do you think guys like Kyler Murray um, are, are starting to make scouts view the quarterback position a little bit differently? I don't, I, it's less to
2: me about um, his size. I do think the small school thing will hurt him slightly. However, when I'm looking at uh, some of the guys that are in the NFL right now and some of the different um, players that have been drafted in recent years, he definitely can develop and get to a point where you're going to feel pretty confident in him. He's listed at 186 pounds. I would like to see him add some weight. If he got up to like 200, 205, um, I'd be a lot better with it. He says he only is six foot so we'll see. But like I said, he's kind of just a stash guy for me because I think he has a pretty decent ceiling. And I mean, he was coming off a a pretty atrocious performance where he only completed just like 36% of his passes the week before comes out on a big stage, kind of everything to prove because they can easily switch back to Wimbush and comes out and lights it up. So uh, he's, he's just a guy I'm just, I'm keeping notes on and if you are in like a college fantasy or college football dynasty league, um, he's a guy that if just throw out an offer because he's going to be productive while he's in college, and he may have, um, eventual production. In the yeah, NFL.
1: great. Um, before we uh, move on, just real quick, looking forward to uh, to next week's, uh, this upcoming week's slate of games. Uh, any any guys that you're? I mean, you you kind of tease this a little bit in the article, but who are who are some players that you're excited to watch uh, this this upcoming weekend? Or even I guess Thursday night, but yeah. Well, the Thursday night game. By the time this comes out, I'm going to assume it's uh, already
2: passed. Um, as we're recording on a Thursday evening. Oh, I can be um, quick. I'm always going I'll to be watch Derek King. <laughs> uh, well, uh, always a big fan of Derek King. He's he's just electric to watch. I I'm, I kind of wish he played a different position because he is just a freak athlete, um, and he's so small, uh, and he's not Kyler Murray level of accurate. Right. But he's just fun to watch. But in that same game is a guy that I've kind of been touting since late last year, and that's Darnell Mooney out of Tulane. He had a 41% uh, market share last year. He led all of FBS and Dominator rating during the regular season, and currently he's got 34% of Tulane's passing yards. He's definitely a guy that can be acquired relatively cheap, and he probably was drafted. So just shoot out an offer. You might be able to pick him up for like a last-round pick in a Debbie draft. He's a guy that if we're, if you're a believer in analytics, if you're a believer in kind of all the process that we do, he's a guy that is the type of guy that could sneak onto a roster and impress. And then the other guy that I'm uh, the other game, I was kind of interested in was Utah state and San Diego state. Mostly I want to see Jordan love because I honestly think he could sneak into the top three quarterbacks this year. He's been, completing over 70% of his passes for 710 yards, despite the fact that his critics were saying that he was built on a system last year. And now with a new coach, he's still being productive. Um, so I'm really liking him. And then just a low key guy to watch is Kobe Smith. He's been leading the team in re- he's leading the team in receptions and yards and he's only a sophomore. I don't necessarily think he's
1: a superstar ever, but he's just a guy I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Yeah, that's great. No, they're, like you said, like by the time this comes out, it's probably Friday morning when you're listening to this on your commute. Uh, There's so many games happening. We've got NFL tonight. We've got college football tonight. Baseball's going on. The, the, the playoffs are just right around the corner. Like me and the, the boys over on the fantasy baseball podcast, we're wrapping up our, our season here. Like everything's, everything's happening right now. You've got hockey coming up. There are so many, stories going on in the world of sports today and it can be really really difficult to keep up with absolutely everything like how are you supposed to read every great article how are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is almost impossible so now coming to the stage is Axios sports Axios sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the world of sports, from the NBA to the NFL, even niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Just go to sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, but you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself a favor and sign up for free for the Axios Sports Newsletter at sports.axios.com. Seriously, I subscribed to it yesterday. And I've already been super impressed. It makes me feel m- way more informed without having to spend so much time clicking through websites, apps, and social media platform. Again, go to sports.axios.com. It's super easy to read. It's super fun to read. And it won't take a lot of your time. And you'll feel super informed. So go to sports.axios.com and sign up today. All right, Matt. Let's move on to our review of last week's locks. Hey, I got my first win, buddy. I got my first win. And, you know, all it took was going against you and Jordan with the Iowa State versus Iowa. Did you watch any of that game? Did, did yeah, you at least? Um, yeah, I mean, did, I saw highlights. I saw
2: highlights that it ended on, yeah. a, like, Iowa won on a punt, and it's oh, amazing.
1: I know. Iowa State almost, I mean, I mean, who knows what happens if if, if they're able to get that ball and, and go down and score. But, man, I was I was tilting for a second. that I was like, if Iowa like punches this into the end zone, I'm gonna be devastated. Uh, but Iowa State, uh, thank you very much. I'm forever uh, in your debt. I am finally off the uh, off the schnide. I got my first win. Maryland certainly didn't do any favors. Not only did they not cover the minus eight, they they just outright lost a temple. That was pretty brutal. Um, not sure exactly what to make of that. I don't know. They had played nobody.
2: Yeah. They were a weird case and I like I was with you I almost locked that game up as well um when I saw the line they're may, may, they were just fraudulent I mean I think that they finally played a so, real team Temple got them stuck in the mud and I think they're a little okay, bit so fraudulent. that's
1: that's maybe a little different than what I thought uh, I thought maybe they just had a bad outing and they bounce back and and kind of get back on the right track moving forward but sounds like you're kind of out on Maryland rest of season well, you're nicer than <laughs> me true. also. that's part. Of it. I, I think I'm so. just afraid to have really harsh takes. <laughs> I'm just mean. It's where I'm at it. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Jordan, he, he had his first, uh, losing week. He had picked NC state minus seven at West Virginia. Again, West Virginia straight up won that game, man. Every time NC state looks like they might be getting back in, might be getting a little bit of momentum. West Virginia would just punch the ball down their throats and, uh, it was a very NC state type performance. I, I mean, I, I was hesitant to be in on them just because I've seen them disappoint me so many times. Uh, but yeah, the, he, uh, Jordan did take TCU plus two at Purdue. Uh, that was his, his win. He, he also went for his, uh, his Penn state Nittany lions, uh, versus Pitt. They, they needed to win by 17, not just score 17. I don't know if they realized that, uh, but that didn't work out for them. Uh, what do you think about Penn State? I know I hope Jordan listens to this. because uh, I, I want him to hear do I want him want to know? hear your, your answer here. What do you think of Penn State moving forward? I think they're okay. I, I know you were expecting
2: me to come with heat. Um, sorry. <laughs> Even if you didn't believe it, I just thought you might just to, just to bust his balls a bit. I think they I, I think they're an okay team. I don't I think that the idea that this Penn State team was gonna be great, probably just wrong. I think the idea that they're fine is probably the right case They, They to me look like the second best team in the big 10 East, but I think the gap between them and Ohio state is about the same distance as me to Jordan. Currently um, it's, yeah. it's huge. I think that Ohio state's going to run away with the conference. Um, and, but I, I have some positive things um, about them. I do think journey Brown is a really Dude. solid player. I've been, I've been Dude, impressed great. with him. I, and, I think Ricky Slade just might be a bust. And I, I hate saying that, or if he's not a bust, he's just not a running back. He, he seems to have some level of explosion when it comes to being a receiver, but if you're putting him as a running back, I'm out because, and that, and it's disappointing. Cause I, I think he was either the number one or number two, uh, all purpose back in his class and he's been ineffective and, Journey Brown, who was not the favorite to take this position in the off season, just has taken it, <laughs> taken it by the balls. And I mean, it's, it, it's, it's his. So, but, uh, I continue to be disappointed with Justin Shorter. I'm, it makes me really sad that the number one wide receiver just can't do anything with that team. Um, and KJ Hamler is what he is. He's, he's a little bit boring, um, but he's gonna get consistent production. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, and with all that being said, that game was just weird. Um, they kicked a, they attempted
1: a field goal when they were down by, hit, yeah. a touchdown. Ridiculous. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. There's no. <laughs> it was just I th- we were all texting each other at that point. And like. What the hell? What the hell are they thinking? This is just ridiculous. Uh, but Journey Brown was impressive. I mean, he averaged over ten yards a carry. He looked really good, and I mean, just a fantastic name for football. Every time he touched the ball, I just wanted to start singing "Don't Stop Believing." Journey's one of my favorite. Uh, 80s band, so uh you're gonna have to forgive me i might have to sing that song every time we talk about penn state now um but yeah he he looks really good to me i'll be interested to watch him going forward especially if he continues to see the bulk of the carries uh that could be interesting sean clifford remains unimpressive to me uh but you know we don't have to go into that too much uh we can we can go more into penn state uh when when jordan's on the show uh, sometime i do think he would agree with you though i don't think he would be trying to uh to, to to coat this with some uh, tasty... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't think he's trying to sugarcoat it. That's what I'm trying to say. I think he, he would agree that Ohio State is uh, head and shoulders above Penn State right now. Uh, but do you... I mean, even he said it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think... Uh, this is kind of maybe hot takey. Big 12 over Big 10? Top to bottom? I, I honestly think...
2: Yeah, yeah. Big 12 is way better than the Big 10. Yeah, top I just to didn't know I think if you agree with is, me.
1: But yeah. Well,
2: the Big 10 has like... I would say two good teams that were fairly confident are good in Wisconsin and Ohio state. You've got Michigan. Who's kind of Michigan and Michigan state who's sitting like their own little tier of like, you've got real questions about them and maybe even Penn state in there too. Um,
1: Oh, I mean, you've got a lot of Penn state.
2: I like Penn state above Michigan or Michigan state. See, I don't, I I, they're all in there. Yeah. They're all in their own little place. I guess we get to see. Yeah, And then it's, Then it's blah. And uh, I mean it's just it's a it's an off year for the Big Ten and I'm slightly disappointed, particularly in one of my preseason underrated teams. Northwestern's not a good team, and yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll talk into disappointment. We'll talk a little bit more about them. You had a nice week with your locks. You wanna you wanna take us through those real quick? Well,
2: I took my first loss of the year, and I'm
1: I'm very disappointed
2: in myself. I, (laughs) I bet I bet on um, talent, just overwhelming BYU. Uh, so I went with Keaton Slovis and the fighting Trojans. I know USC's, um, I, I'm not betting on them. I will not have them in a, I'm not going to commit to that. I'm not going to likely have them in a lock the rest of the year They're. I don't think they're good. I think they are fine. And I think they're going to win, Games that you don't expect them to win, and I think they're going to lose games that you should or that you would expect them to win. It's I think they're just going to be backwards and they're going to play strange all year. Yeah. Uh, as we said earlier, I, I was in on this UCF matchup. I thought they were going to steamroll them. I thought the line was ridiculous when I saw it at seven. It went up to eight and a half. I had it on a parlay ticket over the weekend. I think I had it at eight and a half, and that was one I didn't even look at. Um, and then. I made you sad when I took an air force <laughs> plus three and a half against Colorado. Again, I was, I was keeping track of the game. I wasn't watching it cause I had other things on at that time, but I was watching that. And I, once I saw they were winning by, I think they were up by 10. I stopped paying attention. Didn't even think it, there was a chance they'd make the comeback. And then all of a sudden I see, Oh, Colorado is uh, running this back. Yeah. And it's uh now there was it either tied or within three and I was panicking.
1: Yeah. it we went to overtime. It was tied. Take yeah. the cover. Yeah. yeah. Well, Get the we, cover. Air LaVisca, Force. Is. LaVisca is a beast, man. What a player. What a, what a great college football player. I really hope he gets drafted early and by an exciting team because the dude can ball.
2: I mean, we we've been talking about the 2020 class, um, since, early last year, the 2020 class has an insane amount of, of wide receivers because you've got two Alabama wide receivers in the top or in the first round. Likely you've got a Clemson wide receiver. You have Oklahoma has one Chanel Tyler Johnson. Um,
1: Rondale. There's so
2: much. Ron, well, Rondale's next year. because oh, okay. He's only a true.
1: sophomore. He's a tr- I um, thought he was a red shirt sophomore. He's a, he's he, a true sophomore. Um, he's he's a very, he's a, he's a, a very uh, young breakout age. <laughs> My God. So,
2: well, yeah, so he's insane. And so you've got all this talent at wide receiver. And then that's before we even get to the running backs, yeah. which I honestly think this is the best running back class that I've seen since I've been really doing this. And so, so maybe 2020 is
1: great. Maybe we should be telling people start recommending to people if you're like in your Debbie leagues, if you start going oh and four or one and five start selling off pieces for uh for for draft picks for next season because yes, you're going you're going to want to stock up there it sounds like
2: well yeah and i mean it, if you're in a dynasty league we all know that the 2021st is basically worth your firstborn son at this moment um yeah it it's it, they're hard to acquire but truthfully like if you can get a 2022nd if you can get a 2023rd um, they'll also be valuable they're pretty yeah. valuable right yeah. now
1: no, oh, that uh, that was that was a good week. I I really thought Colorado. Well, actually, when it went to overtime, you're like, man, overtime. I don't love that. I was like, man, even if Colorado wins by a field goal, you're still good because the line was three and a half. So yeah, yeah, ended up working out nicely for you. So so well done. We we uh overall on the on the week, I think we went five hundred. Uh, so so that's good. I I keep bringing us down. I feel good about my picks this week. I think go. We've been recording early in the week, and I haven't had with the baseball stuff and. Uh, watching football on Sundays and Saturdays. And I I'm still so preoccupied and like what just happened that I haven't really been able to really dive deep into what's coming up uh, this week, recording on a, on a Thursday uh, back in our, you know, typical time slot. I feel really good about my picks this week. I think I'm going to go three, and Um it's, it's going to be delightful. Wow. Well, hey, I would, they wouldn't be locks if, if I didn't feel that way. Um, I
2: mean, I, ha- you, you can vouch for this. I had, if you look now, I had two different picks in uh, in the sheet until about five minutes before we started recording this. So yeah. I'm a little less I'm a little less comfortable, but I get I'm back. I had to get back into my totals. World. Yeah, so well, there you I'm, go. I'm happy.
1: You gotta do. You gotta do you, baby. You gotta you gotta stick with what you do, and that's where you shine. So um, I'm Mike like cool. I'm like
2: that uh, zombie kid meme from the early two thousands.
1: I like totals. Um,
2: he liked turtles. I like turtles. So <laughs>
1: no idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: oh, I will send you this picture. You will get a, a picture of this kid in a zombie thing that said I, it was this video. He came out dressed full zombie and said, I like turtles. Okay. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: that sounds, Hey, that sounds good. You, you, you ready to to look ahead? Old, old memes for my world. Yeah.
2: Let's, let's look. Okay. Ahead.
1: Let's, let's start off uh, with uh, the big 10. Let's go Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is at home favored by three. What do you think here? Do we want to just give it away right right off the top? I mean, it's a sweep. I mean, we're... It is. It, I mean, it is a sweep. George, we'll, we'll put it
2: this way. Jordan picked Wisconsin. You were surprised by the line. And this is one of my locks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin is a... The only thing that scares me is they've played a lot of garbage, too. And this could be a Maryland situation where they've been a little bit fraudulent. But... Michigan's front seven is not as dominant as it was last year. Jonathan Taylor looks like he is trying to make the Heisman run one year after you called it. And um, yeah, I, I mean, he he looks like he's on pace for another year where he might push 2000 yards.
1: I, I think the reason I was surprised by this line is I feel like, like I would have expected this line if it was at Ann Arbor, you know, like, but the fact that this is in Wisconsin and they still are only getting three points like you're always kind of told and i don't know this is true you might be able to speak to this more than i can but like the home team is kind of given three points just for being at home and so with that in mind that that kind of tells me that if this was on a neutral field people would think this is a pickem. and to me like how how could it be like michigan has been struggling uh to be really subpar teams and, and and we think Wisconsin might be decent. So I was just really surprised by this, uh, by this line. And so, I mean, it's only three points in their home. Yeah, I feel pretty confident going with Wisconsin here. I didn't lock it up, but maybe I should have, <laughs> you know.
2: I'll, I'll speak more about it as we get into our yeah. box. But yeah, let's just say Michigan got... The reason this line is kind of where it is is because Michigan's a public team and... Vegas typically doesn't want to truly kill public teams on the off chance that they win because there is going to be so much money coming in on them. So I think that plays into the reason why the line is where it is.
1: Yeah. And those are the things that are important to realize, like the non on the field um, reasons for, for numbers being where they are or over unders being set where they are Uh, the next game. This one's going to be exciting. Well, I, I I fully expect this to be a, a really riveting game. Auburn at Texas A&M. Talk to me. You and Jordan I mean, are split on this one. Jordan's going Texas A&M. Talk to me about why you're... Well, this this was one of my locks I actually had initially when
2: I first saw the line. I, I really liked Auburn in this spot. I think their defense is really good. I think Texas A&M is going to struggle without Deshaun Corbin. Um, and truthfully, Texas A&M hasn't given me a huge reason to be excited about them yet. Like getting, yeah, they got, they got stomped by Clemson, but we're also at the same time saying Clemson's amazing, but they're also been kind of disappointing this year. So, which is it? I don't think, I think Mond is a really good quarterback. I think Jimbo Fisher's a really good coach. So I think they're going to, it's not going to be a blowout one way or the other. Um, The only reason why I ended up backing off Auburn plus four as my lock was because, Auburn isn't really good offensively. Mm. Like Bo Nix might already be a legend in Auburn, um, but I don't think he's been great. He obviously hasn't been putting up ridiculous numbers, but he just has that one rem- very memorable play against. I, 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 don't, remember. I don't, don't remember. I no don't remember it at about. all. Actually. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm still taking Auburn plus four. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. I think that the two defenses are going to do very well. Uh, make it pretty difficult on one another. Um, I'm going to take Auburn. I think they probably on a neutral field, Auburn, I think would be favored in this Mm -hmm. game at Texas A&M. I just think they pushed it a little bit too far with the number. So,
1: yeah. So yeah. So Jordan is going Texas A&M and I'll be honest with you. So like, if you look at the show doc next to my name is a big, blank I wanted to hear both you and Jordan's arguments <laughs> for for who you were picking and then I was gonna go with whoever was more convincing and uh, Jordan's not here to defend his Texas A&M take my my concern like I, I want to take Texas A&M uh, texas a and i A&M I'm kind of leaning pick Texas A&M because you hate well, Auburn. I do hate Auburn but like also I wasn't that impressed with Auburn I know they beat Oregon but to me Oregon beat themselves I think I think Oregon is a better team than Auburn and I know they lost and I know I'm like super biased in a homer and nothing I say about Oregon can be taken seriously but I just wasn't that impressed with Auburn um but I'm also not that impressed with Texas A&M I I'm not like you said you think uh Kellen Monza is a, is a good quarterback I'm still not a hundred percent convinced I mean he he's he's thrown only five touchdown passes this year. He's already thrown three picks. Like he he has a tendency to to throw a lot of interceptions. I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he's going to, or, or has taken the next step. I think he might just be a fine college quarterback and and nothing transcendent or elite. That being said, as you mentioned, Bo Nix probably isn't either. So again, I, I'm not sure where to fall on this one. Um, I think I'm going to lean Texas A&M only because they're at home, but I don't feel great about it. I I don't really have uh, very much conviction on this one at all. So, uh, but I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what takes place. I think it will be uh, from a a neutral fan perspective. I think it should be a close game and fun to watch. I like being on an island anyway. (laughs) Yeah, There you go. Well, then I'll go Tamu just for you. Let's see here. Up next, this was one of the games that I was most excited about for the year. Back when we were talking about our preseason stuff, we've got Notre Dame at Georgia. The line is, I'm, is it gone? I see up here it's up to fourteen and a half. I saw it at fourteen earlier, so I mean it's it's two touchdowns plus. That that's. I'll check that's a lot of. I'll points. check um, my
2: bookie. I'm checking my my bookie this second. Um, yep, I'm seeing fourteen and a half. Okay. I literally just went back. I'm, I've typed out Georgia and Notre Dame in this show. Yeah, um, I just
1: changed mine as we are talking too. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think Georgia is amazing. I think they're the third best team in the country. I think Notre Dame is a, is a better team than people want to believe because I think people just don't want the risk of Notre Dame being in the playoff again. And I think for Notre Dame, this is their playoff. This is when Notre Dame can prove we deserve to be in the playoff. Oh, I'm I'm so unconfident in this pick. I'm gonna <laughs> lean Notre Dame. It's too many points for me. I think Georgia could just go out and win this game by 14. Could win it by 10. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna take Notre Dame and it's sitting at 14, buy the hook. Buy make it 14 and a half. Give yourself the extra bit of safety because it it's it's going to be real uncomfortable all game because Georgia's going to look like the better team pretty much at every moment of this game. So,
1: yeah. Oh, not confidently leaning Notre Dame. I'm going Georgia, and part of my reason for this is I think Notre Dame plays well against average to good, even to like above average and and, and pretty good team. Like they they do well, they show well, but when they play elite teams, like if you think about recent history when they've been up against elite teams, What's happened? Like what happened when they like last year in the playoff, what happened the year before that, like they get smoked. Um, and I just think the same thing's going to happen. I think for Georgia with, with what happened in Florida, with uh, Felipe Franks going down, uh, I think that was Georgia's big uh, hurdle that they were, that was going to be their big test. But now I think Notre Dame's are big test. This is their opportunity to shine. It's a primetime game at home. There's, it's going to be an absolute madhouse I think Georgia not only looks to uh to win this game in the first half, I think they continue to pile it on in the second half. And and I could see this getting out of hand by the third quarter. So give me Georgia. It's a huge line, but I think they come out and win by 20. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm,
2: I'm and then Jordan's on Jordan's on the catch point side as well. Yeah. So I think we I don't
1: think any of I, us are saying Notre Dame money line, but uh but I think that the spread is what's keeping you guys on Notre Dame side. I mean, if you're going to go for fun, go
2: lay money, go put them on a money line parlay. (laughs) Just try and build up some, build up some odds. Yeah.
1: Uh, next game let's hit, let's uh, swing over to, uh, to the, to the West coast, the best coast we've got my pac 12 champions, playoff contenders, (laughs) the Washington Huskies, man, they were disappointing. Um, so far this year it's not really been what I hoped it would be but they're going to um to play BYU they're favored by six and a half BYU coming off that big win against USC what do you think is going to happen here Washington at BYU I mean I went against BYU last week and it bit me but I
2: I just think Chris Peterson's a really good coach and I know that's like it's weird to say that not far removed from them dropping a game to Cal, mm-hmm. but I just think he's a good coach. And I think that team is, I still think it might be the most talented team in the pac 12. I would not put money on this line. I I think BYU has made it ugly against a couple of teams this year and I'm not confident, but I'm going to go talent again and I'm going to go with the coach that I trust as much as anyone in the country. Just gonna lean Washington.
1: Yep, uh, that was a sweep for us. Jordan's on you, Dove, and and so am I. I think it will be. Uh, I think it'll be close, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be until the very end where we feel comfortable. Like, okay, good. Washington got got the cover, but I think it's gonna be uh, the the that six and a half is gonna be. Uh, we're gonna be sweating it for for most most of the game. Uh, okay, I will say I like the uh,
2: if you can find the number at fifty one, I do kind of or below fifty one, I do kind of like them um in that 50 range giving the over they've been scoring more like cal just was really weird but they've scored quite a few points in two of their first three games against teams so if you can find that that's a pretty reasonable number to
1: get in on. i also think it's important for people to realize like that cal game should have a massive asterisk by it that game was delayed for a few hours because of lightning and they didn't get going until midnight Uh, i was in seattle last week and, uh, talking to a bunch of my buddies out there, you know, like, yeah, we are at the game. We all left because it was midnight and the game hadn't started. And, you know, like, so like, it was just a weird a- atmosphere. Things were, yeah, it was pack 12 at night. Weird things happen. Uh, pack 12 after dark is, it's is, is, its own thing. So yeah, I think that might be one to, uh, maybe not rely too much on. I mean, Cal does have a good defense, but, um, all right. So this next game, the last game we're going to cover here before we get into our locks, Oklahoma state at Texas. Texas is favored by five and a half. I got to say, I think this game just from a pure entertainment factor is going to be the highlight of this week. You and you you started, you were talking about Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard last year already. And and maybe even before then, before I was a part of this podcast, I don't think he's a household name yet. I think that changes uh, this weekend. I think this is the Chuba Hubbard coming out party. I mean, as far as from a national perspective goes, I think for people who are in the know, uh, they've already seen it happen. Uh, people listening to this podcast me. know about it, but I think he's about to to show up on the on the big stage in a very significant way and, and people are gonna be uh salivating for for when he uh declares for the nfl what do you think chuba Hubbard is right now my number three running back
2: in the class of twenty twenty and i as i stated, i think the class of twenty twenty is loaded with running backs i just think he's that good i want him to use him more in the passing game and i think this is an opportunity where they could use him because texas is actually pretty solid against the run averaging i think 3.6 a carry um against the run in their game so far um i like oklahoma i i just can't see texas running away with this game i think it turns into a shootout Mm -hmm. um I think the numbers, the over/under numbers in the seventies. I would be totally fine laying that. <laughs> Texas let up. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm totally seven. I, I think this game, both teams get comfortably into the thirties. I think one, the winner puts it up in the forties. Um, I, the only, I really just can't see Texas running away with this game. And as we know, Tom Herman does a lot better when he's an underdog than as a favorite. Oklahoma State. This feels like a game where he could have a misstep. Just because you're not going to overlook Oklahoma State, but you're definitely not looking at them the same way you're looking at Oklahoma. So while I do think this is going to be a very competitive game, um, and I think Texas will look good and probably come out with a win, the fact that Oklahoma State it would be a favorite in S and P Plus um, on a neutral field, I just I I like I, I'm just going to take the. Principal play of, I like Oklahoma state here.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it's really reasonable. I know uh, Jordan is, is with you. I'm taking Texas to win by a touchdown, you know, the five and a half is it's like me. pretty big number, but I think Texas at home will take care of business. But again, I think it's going to be a super entertaining game. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a track meet. And if you like defense uh, look elsewhere, <laughs> because I think this one's going to be uh, this one's going to be an offensive explosion. And uh, I think it's going to be just super exciting from just a neutral fan perspective. I think if you're looking for some fun offensive entertainment, uh, look no further than Oklahoma State at Texas. Is that is that the game? Which game? I mean, we're highlighting a couple of really exciting games. Which one are you most looking forward to? Northwestern and Michigan State. Get out of town. <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> that's disgusting. It, game, I should open my mouth. I,
2: if I, from a pure just aesthetic point, it's probably that one. From a which game do I think actually has the biggest ramifications? I love that Notre Dame Georgia yeah. game. Like for as much as um, Notre Dame gets crushed because they haven't performed well in the playoff, um, they they've been re- very disciplined. And the one thing that you can never criticize them on is their. Um, consistent line play. Their offensive line has been very solid for the past few years. So I'm excited to see what they can do against a pretty stout defense. So um, that is a
1: game that I am a fan of. Yeah. I'm super excited for that one too. I'm excited to see if Ian book is, is a good quarterback or if he just exploits lesser teams, I think that'll be super entertaining. I also think that like for Notre Dame, like this is kind of like the, round one of the playoffs for them. Like they can't afford to to slip up here. They need to win if they want any shot of uh post you know, the postseason as far as playoff goes. And for as much as we say that it's a playoff game for Notre
2: Dame, and I, I, I would agree in that sentiment, this is definitely a playoff game for Georgia right. as well, because while we do think there's an opportunity for two SEC teams to get in, that's sort of based on the idea that Georgia runs the table gets to Alabama and loses or gets to LSU and loses because one of these SEC teams is going to end up with two losses. And this isn't a spot where Georgia can lose. And I think this is their, the win that solidifies their resume so much that they are um, a, that, that it makes them undeniable with a one loss against
1: another one loss team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I just want to take a quick, a quick second here to tell you about Roman. Now, listen, guys, we as men, and some of you women fall in the same category too. We're absolutely terrible at taking care of our health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back or something worse. We're pretty terrible at getting help. We just want to rub dirt on it then we'd rather do that than see a doctor. And I know I'm guilty of it. I've had a messed up shoulder. I've got like a partially torn labrum and it's been bugging me for over a year and I keep avoiding going to see a doctor. I'm sure that, you know, a little bit of rest and whatever, and it'll take care of itself. Well, this can be the the same thing uh, for for people experiencing erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way for you to talk to a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. It's private. It's discreet. So just go to getroman.com slash wire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash wire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash wire now if you are experiencing ED. All right, Matt, are you ready for the locks? Are you ready to lock it in with a couple of you know big picks that you feel super confident on for this upcoming slate of games? I mean, I'm making I'm I'm going to make everyone
2: sweat with my my picks <laughs> this week, it. and I'm going to love every second of it. Let's
1: go. Well,
2: give me give me your give me your um, tastiest well, one.
1: Okay.
2: Oh. You know what? I, I talked about how it was my favorite game of the week. I'm jumping right in. Michigan State Northwestern. That's so gross. 38 and a half. <laughs> you know that you know how their that number just seems too low that you can't possibly go under? I'm under <laughs> disgusting. On the year they're combined very combined four and one on unders, and in the la- um, and both teams are ranked in the outside of the top fifty in plays per game. We all saw it last week when Michigan State plays a real opponent, they struggle. Northwestern while they're not great they're well coached and they're a real opponent for Michigan State here they're not going to put up any points in this game because Northwestern won't be able to move the ball against Michigan State's very legitimate defense and Northwestern is I mean and Michigan State's not going to be able to move the ball um, in a real way. what should make you feel uncomfortable about why I'm picking this is because they've gone over in the last three matchups and the totals have been in mm-hmm. the forties. But before that they went under in three straight games, it's gross. You're going to feel gross. You're going to sweat the whole time under 38 and a half.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my first lock that I want to share, uh, really relates, um, nicely. I think if you get your lock with the under, I'll get my lock with Northwestern plus nine and a half. Um, a lot of my reasoning here is exactly what you said. I'm just expecting this to be a super low scoring game and i don't think michigan state is gonna put up that many touchdowns that like it's gonna make it too difficult for for northwestern to to stay to stay close enough you know like i don't think they're gonna lose by 10 points because i don't think michigan state's gonna score much more than 10 so i i i agree with you on your under and because of that I, i i like northwestern plus nine and a half Uh, the Michigan state Spartans have failed to cover seven of their last 10 games as a favorite of at least three points. So I've got that going in the favor in my favor. Uh, The wildcats are 11, four and one against the spread in their last 16 games as an underdog of at least three points. So uh, I feel pretty good about this one. And uh, just a interesting point. Northwestern has actually won the last three meetings against Michigan state and they've won four of the last five. They do have the Spartans number. So Northwestern plus nine and a half feels like, a really favorable line considering that we believe this to be a kind of a defensive uh, bloodbath where not a whole lot of points are likely to be scored. So uh, I think, what do you think? Do you think if you had to pick a side here, would you be, would you feel comfortable going Northwestern plus nine and a half?
2: 100%. I I think that Northwestern is a good team and I think that they're going to get seven points in this game. And I, I mean, do we really think that, Michigan State's getting to 17 after what we saw last week. I think 14 to 7 is a pretty reasonable line, or score outcome and I I'm not confident in Michigan State's offense. I I they have given me no reason to believe that they're good. I think all offseason we heard, oh, Brian LeWorke was just hurt last year. That's why he was terrible. No, he's just terrible. <laughs> he's just terrible, um, yeah. <laughs> he's just I mean I don't think he's a good player. So, without good quarterback play, going up against a Northwestern team that's reg- or is well coached and won't make mistakes that open up scoring opportunities. Right. Give me a lot of points in a very low total game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My only fear is like some stupid defensive touchdown or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, I um, yeah, I'm, I'll be heading to my bookie uh, for this one. Then, and that's that's a that's a guarantee right there. Uh, not not a guarantee that they that they that they do it, but it's a guarantee that I'm heading over to my bookie for this one. Uh, all right, Matt, let's uh, let's hear another one for you. Um, I'll go with a uh, one
2: that I've been kind of leaning on a lot or er, so far this year, and it's Auburn um, unders. So Auburn and Texas A and M lines pretty low. It's only forty eight. I I wish it was about like fifty one. I'd be slam like all in on this. I feel. Less confident at forty-eight, however, but this is another one. I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring matchup. Both teams are two and one on the under this year. Um, Texas A&M since uh, twenty eighteen is five and three on the under in conference games, and when they're playing with equal rest as their opponent, they're seven and three on the hmm. under. Um, under Gus Malzahn, um, Auburn is forty-five and thirty-six on the under, um, fourteen and ten as an underdog, and twenty-two and fourteen against ranked opponents. These teams, when they um, are playing at their best, they like to be playing in low-scoring games. As I mentioned, I think Ja'Shawn Corbin, I do think, makes an impact. We both kind of stated Kellen Mond is good, but probably not going to be running away and building up a ton of points in this game. Uh, I think Auburn's defense is proven, and I think we've kind of also seen Bo Nix isn't going to... They're not trying to win with Bo Nix. They're going to try and limit their total number of plays. Um, Auburn is... I, I think Auburn keeps it close and so they keep it in the low score. Yeah.
1: Game. Auburn's kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, you know, like they'll be very happy to play good defense, run the ball a lot. And if they can get out of a game with a win with only throwing the ball 10 times, they'll be happy, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, I like that call. I like the under, um, I like that seven and three in games with equal rest. That's uh that's a good one. That's, that's, that's tasty. All right. I've got this one is I'm this here. one's kind of my crazy one. Um, I was listening to the, uh, cover three CBS podcast and all, I think all of them disagreed with this one. So it made me feel, uh, like maybe, uh, I need to spend a little bit more time on this, but, but I feel good about it. Um, good enough that, uh, I'm not going to parlay this one because I don't want this one to ruin me, but, uh, I, I, I do like Florida minus 14, um, at home versus Tennessee. And this is more about just not thinking Tennessee is very good at all. Um, they've had a, a really tough start to the season as we know. Uh now I do know we mentioned earlier Franks is out with season ending surgery uh with that ankle, but Kyle Trask is is no no slouch. He he took the reins. Um they were behind, he went 9 for 13, 126 yards, had a rushing touchdown, brought them back uh to to victory. I think P Ryan's going to have the opportunity to really take hold of this game on the ground. I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to keep up with Florida. I don't think Florida goes out and wins by like 28 or something like that, but I think, you know, they'll, they'll win by 17. Um, and it will be, it will be a comfortable win for Florida. My only, the only thing that I could see happening in this one is it's a blowout and Tennessee gets a couple garbage time touchdowns to, to make it look closer than it was. Uh, that's my fear. That's why I'm not parlaying this, but I do like Florida, uh, minus 14 uh for this one and this again is more about me not loving tennessee also thinking franks was a little overrated i don't think there'll be a huge drop off uh to kyle trask uh as he takes over at quarterback with you know time to prepare so uh give me florida and i feel i feel pretty good about it i i will
2: say to that point um i actually think kyle trask was the best quarterback they had on their roster um I, he was basically in line to become the starting quarterback last year before he got yeah. injured um, and it was like a practice where he had basically been named the starter during the week. The next day he got injured and it was really yeah. disappointing when um, I, and this is a little anecdotal, but during the game against Kentucky, I, my, my best friend was in the stands. Oh, in right. you're,
1: you're a Kentucky fan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he uh he's in the stands and Kyle Trask che, Kyle Trask checks into the game. I sent him a text. I'm like, Florida just put their best quarterback in. I would be worried if I were you. And he's like, Believe me, I'm terrified. (laughs) Um, So um, I like this pick. I think Trask is going to kind of show out. And um, if anybody is going to succeed in that Florida offense this season, I think Trask is the most capable. So I like this one. I think Tennessee's terrible as well. Yeah. Um, I talked about this game earlier. Um, Oklahoma State and Texas is one of my locks. Um, Give me plus five and a half. I don't like Tom Herman as a favorite. Well, the numbers are not as lopsided as you might think whenever you hear the like principal play of Tom Herman as a favorite at Texas, he's 12 and 13 as a favorite against the spread. But what really stands out to me is S plus actually has this as, has Oklahoma state on a neutral field, uh, neutral field favored by 2.1 points in his model. When he's laying out games, uh, he, for, home field advantage he gives two and a half points which means that he would only have this as texas favored by basically half a point right so you're getting five if you're even if i'm i'm essentially catching a five point five points in this spot um i like i said i think this is a game where it's a shootout you're the the um, the scary part of a spot in this one is that it, it could just as easily be uh seven. I, but I kind of think Oklahoma state's going to take this one on the field. I think this is a spot where Texas slips up.
1: Now, are you suggesting that people, your lock is not Don't the money line. line. Your lock I would is five catch, and a half yeah. points
2: because I think that it's a, it's a better spot to take points. Yeah. Um, but I would say the reason I feel confident in getting five and a half points is because I think they are a live dog to win. Um, so it, again, it's one of those ones. If you're gonna put together a silly money line parlay with a bunch of underdogs, this is a team I would throw on it. However, if I'm laying just a straight ticket, my ticket's gonna be on Oklahoma State with five and a half points.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Um, for my last one, I'm going to my my favorite my favorite of teams, Oregon at Stanford. Uh, Oregon is uh, favored by ten here. I think they win by. Way more than that, so I think that's a really favorable number. I think this is kind of what, what we were talking about with the Wisconsin-Michigan game, where the number is um, arbitrarily lower just based on the, the name recognition of who Stanford has been or what Stanford has been over the last few years, well, more than just a few years, but um, last you know decade or so. Uh, but I don't think they're that team this year. Uh, they don't. They haven't shown to be a very tough physical team. They don't look like the type of team that's going to. Uh, be able to, to uh to match up well against Oregon's offensive line. Here's where I feel weird, Matt. And 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 this is just kind of a, a weird philosophical problem for me. I also feel like this game could go under the 57 and a half points. But it feels really strange to um bet Oregon minus 10 and also the under. Because I feel like in order for Oregon to get minus 10, they're gonna have to score an awful lot of points. And if they're scoring, you know, 30 plus points. That's gonna mean that uh that that Stanford's not doing anything offensively, and I have seen too many games where Oregon jumps out to a massive lead, puts in their subs, and uh just gives up some some cheap long drives that end in touchdowns, and all of a sudden uh the under doesn't doesn't play so um I won't be betting both the Oregon minus ten as well as the under fifty seven and a half but individually I like both of those plays. Uh so um while I lean both of them, my my lock is Oregon minus 10, uh but I will be on separate tickets uh betting both of these. Is that weird that I won't put them bo- like no. is is that is, is my logic is that logical or is uh or my I, I mean it's hit? hard it,
2: it's hard for both of them to hit um yeah. but uh the one thing I will say is and now I got to find my numbers again over under trends um, in since, so since 2018, they are nine and nine, six and one on the under, um, Oregon is. So I, I kind of like that. It's, uh, as a road team, they are two and two or two, two and one on the under. I, I think you're better off with the points here. I do yeah, that's think they're where I'm leaning for the lock. Yeah. And so the one thing that I do will say is, uh, like I, you saw my line there, are the prop bet I did earlier this year. I think this game could be similar to like when Ohio State played UC. I think the line was probably it makes you feel uncomfortable to go with that, but at the same time, isn't there a chance that Oregon just goes out there and completely shuts down Stanford and wins this game 28 to like three? <laughs> right. I, I don't think that's out of the I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. So right. while I still think Stanford is catching too much credit right now, fade away and I I do think that at the end of the game, Oregon's just going to be running the football with all their running backs. So I th- I do think you can get both.
1: Yeah, SP Plus has this game as a thirty to nineteen, so that would both be um, under as well as Oregon uh, minus ten. So uh, they have it as a uh, as as reasonable, but uh, it, it's it's playing with margins that are very close. Um, one thing that I, I am curious to see is if Jawan Johnson is back. He still has yet to play for Oregon this season. I'm I'm really hopeful. I mean, he's day to day as he has been for weeks. Um, I'm really hoping he can get in there because we, excuse me, the ducks really need a vertical threat. Uh, Johnny Johnson uh, and, and Red aren't really the type of guys that can stretch the field. Uh, they're more they're more uh, underneath type receivers. So having someone that can go go deep uh, would be a, a huge benefit. And if if, if he's able to go. Uh, my confidence uh, shoots up dramatically. Uh, let's hear your your last your last lock and then we'll give you Jordan's locks before we wrap it up.
2: Uh, my last lock is taking Wisconsin minus three uh, at home against Michigan. I don't think Michigan's good. I think that they are um, incredibly overvalued right now and are only um, a three point underdog simply because of name value. Um, as a road underdog they are one and three against the spread under Jim Harbaugh um, as an underdog just in general they're two and four against the spread I and just on the road they're seven and eleven against the spread he's not good in these matchups and when he's an underdog Jim Harbaugh has never won the game out right hmm. in his tenure at Michigan this isn't a good spot for them And what we saw against Army was while Michigan's strength last year was in their front seven on their defense, that's no longer the case. I don't care that Army is this difficult team to adjust to because of the triple option. I saw a team that does not look like they are centered around their front seven. Um, Wisconsin is going to bully you on the line and they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a very big game for him. I think he probably puts up somewhere like 150 yards and two scores. I think they could run away with this game and really make Michigan look bad. My only fear on this game is that Wisconsin is Maryland and that Michigan drags this game into into the mud, makes it really slow, and just tries to win it um, with like 50 plays of offense. But um, Wisconsin hasn't let up a point this year. I actually have a little bit of faith in their defense at home, they have one of the best home field advantages. The crowd's going to be really loud. I, and you know what? I'll just say it. I'm a homer and I
1: hate Michigan. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no I, I i think it's I think it's spot on. I mean, all of us are on Wisconsin. I think it's it's a it's a really straightforward lock. I mean, I think it's I think it's spot on. Uh, let's give you Jordan's real quick before we wrap up. Uh, he's going with Ole Miss minus two and a half versus Cal and App State plus three at the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, So we got App State plus three, Ole Miss minus two and a half. Those will be some interesting ones. uh, With Cal's uh, dominant defense, I'd love to hear uh, Jordan go into that one a little bit more. Um, I'm sure he will uh, explain his take next week when we get back to you uh, with all of our review of this week's action and then getting into yet another awesome week of uh, college football. This is a good one. I was a little bummed by last week's slate. This this week has so much good stuff. It will be uh, it's it's must must see TV, is it not? It is. I
2: actually want to do I want to do some
1: justification for Jordan's picks because I do actually really
2: like them. Okay, yeah. Um, so Appalachian State. So looking at S and P Plus, I like that um, one has has the projected margin on Appalachian State, uh, North Carolina, as six point one points in favor of Appalachian State. Uh, so in this point, it, it looks like the line's pretty far off because it has it at it's almost a nine-point swing um, there because North Carolina's favored by three. Um, love it. Uh, and then as for crying, Ole Miss and Cal, um, s and Plus has this game as an 8.1 projected margin with Ole Miss being favored by only two and a half points. He's catching five and a half points. I, I think those are the two things he's leaning on. I do think yeah. that... Um, I think Ole Miss is fine winning low-scoring games compared to previous years when they were so reliant on winning games and shootouts. Mm -hmm. They are not the same level of offense, so they're going to try and slow it down as well. So just wanted to give a little justification for both of his picks because I did look at uh, Bill Conley's numbers, and I'm guessing that they were a factor in his decision.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm quickly looking up the uh, over-under for the Ole Miss-Cal game uh, because um Cal's defense has just been yeah it's been so dominant um so i'll be curious to see that i am trying to find it do you see it anywhere um i've got the over under on that game at 41 and a half yeah that's what i'm seeing too uh that's pretty low (laughs) i was gonna say i might lean the under on that one but that is pretty low uh that might be pretty fine uh i'd still i still wouldn't be surprised if that went under though if i had to if i had to make a call on that one that's where i would go um, anyway um that's it for me matt do you have anything you want to leave the good listeners with
2: if you're wanting some random analysis on saturdays check out the Roto-Viz, uh show watch look at our show uh twitter feed um sometimes i get bored and just start tweeting out things that are crossing my mind as i'm watching pretty much every game i can get my eyes on so i'll put out some devy information about players i like I'll probably just say some mean things about Michigan. So if you're Michigan fans, please come and flame me. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, if you are and if you're looking for some last second lines that all of a sudden I'm feeling really good about, I will tweet those out as well.
1: Yeah, and that's Roviz CFB show. So Rodaviz college football show, Roviz CFB show on Twitter. Give us a follow. Um also follow Matt and Jordan and myself on Twitter. You can find all of that in the show notes. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Also, be checking out our articles on over on RotoViz. You really should be fo- should be subscribing to RotoViz. We have just absolutely amazing content for all of you Debbie diehards, but. But even just NFL stuff, Redraft, Dynasty, all of it. You need to go there, check it out. We've got amazing tools you can use to kind of do your own research and analysis. But then also uh, be checking out the various podcasts that, that come to you uh, that are presented by Rotoviz. We have just absolutely amazing content. Uh, we've just kind of gone through a, root, a rebrand here. You'll notice our, our show art is updated. And uh, yeah, lots of, a lot of exciting things happening with roto uh, Thank you guys so much for being a part of it. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being part of the team here. Um, yeah thanks so much for your support hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already leave us a rating and review Uh, it's always uh, very helpful and yeah most importantly enjoy your college football this saturday and uh, hopefully all of your um, all of the money will be flowing into your accounts over at mybookie.ag thanks so much for listening we'll be back with you next week for matt i'm stefan have a good weekend
0: Wise Markets pharmacies are now offering COVID vaccines to anyone who wants one. You can schedule your appointment by visiting wisemarkets.com, and we're also accepting walk-ins when available. Get your COVID vaccine today and keep your family safe. Please see store for more details.